Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is Linda Thompson, your host for The Author Show. Sometimes small-town America just isn't as idealistic as we might imagine. And small towns have secrets, lots of them. Can an unwitting teenager and a prize-winning reporter expose what's really happening? That's the barely-touched surface of our book, Carpe Diem, Illinois, by author Kristen Oakley. Kristen joins us today to tell us more about her debut novel. Kristen, welcome to The Author's Show. Thank you, Linda. It's so wonderful to be here. Kristen, will you give us a quick overview of Carpe Diem, Illinois? Certainly. In Carpe Diem, Illinois, Leo Townsend is our reporter, Chicago reporter, who is in the beginning of the book down in his luck. Part of this is his fault, and part of it is things that have happened that are outside of his control, but he's about to lose his job at the Chicago Examiner. He has one last chance to redeem himself, and that is to investigate a small town that has no schools. And he thinks, well, I don't want to write about that. Who cares? It's a fluff piece. It's not front page news. And he's trying to figure out how he can get out of writing about this little town and still keep his job when he hears the news about the town's founder's son, who has driven his motorcycle into the car of a woman. The woman happens to be the wife of an Illinois state senator who is trying to outlaw homeschooling in Illinois. So now Leo's beginning to think there's something going on with this little town. I better go investigate. So he decides to go take the assignment and do just that. <laughs> wow. Um, he sounds like he has his work cut out for him. So Carpe Diem in Illinois is your first novel. And I'm wondering, what inspired you to create your storyline? Oh, that's a great question. I had been writing off and on my whole life. And when I, my daughters were getting older, I thought, you know, I really want to write a novel. So uh, the summer of 2007, I was listening to Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451 in my car. And I thought, why is it that a futuristic societies that are, de- that are depicted in novels are always evil or dystopian? Why not create a society that's an improvement over what we have? And at the time, I homeschooled and unschooled my daughters for over 15 years. And to me, uh, uh, improvement over what we have is an unschooling town. So I decided to write a novel about a little town that, that doesn't school their children and lets them be unschooled. And it just, it just grew from there. Did you write your book for any particular type of reader? Yes, I guess I did. My critique group, when they found out this is what I was going to do and realized I knew a lot about unschooling, they suggested I write a how-to unschool book. And even back then, there was so many books on the topic. I just didn't know what I would add. But more importantly, I wanted to reach a broader audience. So I didn't want the book just to be for homeschoolers or unschoolers. I really wanted to reach everybody in the general population, basically parents, grandparents, teachers, people interested in public schooling and and education in general, and also teenagers, just to make people aware that there is a viable alternative to the way we structure schooling nowadays. Do you feel that there are any other authors that may have influenced your style of writing? Yes, I think there's probably quite a few. Uh, My style tends to be quicker. I like cliffhangers and 
suspense, a lot of suspense. So in my reading, I've read John Grisham and Michael Crichton. I'm a huge, huge Stephen King fan. I don't write horror, but someday I might. But I think he's he's wonderful at his writing. Currently, I'm really hooked on Andy Weir. Um, he's the one that wrote The, the Martian. And his current book is Ar- Artemis. And I just love how he weaves science fiction into science into his science fiction stories. So um, I guess thrillers are my biggest influence. Those authors that write in those genres have influenced me the most. Will Leo or any of your other characters in Carpe Diem, Illinois, appear in a, a series or a sequel? Yes, actually, Leo has appeared in a sequel. My second book, God on Mayhem Street, came out in 2016. And it was interesting when that happened. I didn't know it was going to be a series until I finished the last line of Carpe Diem, Illinois. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, Leo had so many more stories to tell. So I went ahead and started writing his, this book, uh, God on Mayhem Street. And in that case, Leo is just about ready to interview the front-running presidential candidate who happens to be openly gay. And this guy is probably going to win the election. Um, So it's an interview of a lifetime. Then he gets a call from his younger brother saying that his father, his estranged father, has had a fatal heart, near fatal heart attack. And Leo has to leave immediately to go to the family farm. So he doesn't get the interview and races back to little town in Wisconsin. So how many books do you have planned for Leo? Oh, probably at least, well, there's another one in the works. There's about 30,000 words written for that. And so that one, and then I've got ideas for two more. But right now I'm currently working on a a young adult dystopian trilogy, which I hope to get out next year. And then after that, I'll get back to Leo because he's getting really mad at me that I've kind of neglected him. Is Leo or any of your other characters modeled after people you know, or is he pure imagination? Leo is imagination, although his looks, uh, look, he looks like Rodrigo Santoro to me. Rodrigo Santoro is um, a leading Brazilian actor. He's been in a couple of American films, and right now he's in Westworld. So his looks are based on that. The other characters, not so much um, anybody in particular except for John Holt, who's the founder of The Little Town. He's actually based on a friend of mine. His looks are based on a friend of mine who also is kind of named in Joan and Dan's Diner. He's actually Dan of Joan and Dan's Diner. John Holt is also based on John Taylor Gatto, who was hugely influential in the unschooling movement. And then most importantly by John Holt, who was actually the founder of the unschooling movement. So he's based on those three men. Is Carpe Diem, Illinois, similar to anything else we may have read? I don't think so. There are a lot of these intentional communities throughout the country, but I don't know if anybody's really read about them. And there's no intentional community that's just structured around unschooling. So that's a new thing. There is a lot of books on investigative journalism out there. And, you know, so there's some of that. But as far as I know, and there has been a couple books on unschooling. There's one middle grade um, fictional book about an unschooling family that's wonderful but uh, as far as I know nothing nothing quite like it 
I'm curious. You have mentioned uh, communities and you have mentioned unschooling. Now, a lot of people, I'm sure, understand what all of that means. Until I started researching this, I didn't have a clue. So will you kind of clue in the rest of us in a couple of minutes what unschooling actually is? Yes, unschooling is a form of homeschooling. Most people, when they think of homeschooling, they think of a mini school at home with the mom teaching lessons at a desk or something like that. Unschooling is at the opposite of that spectrum, opposite end of it. Unschoolers let their children decide um, what they want to learn and when they want to learn it. It's basically child-led learning. So the parents aren't teachers, they're facilitators. Um, whatever the children are interested in, they make sure there's resources that are provided for that or they get them involved in uh, activities, things that they're interested in, completely child-led. And it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's really a wonderful process. So is this something that the individual parents choose or like in Carpe Diem, Illinois, it's an entire town that chooses it? Is it a, a community type situation and does it have to be? It definitely does not have to be community-wide. We, as a family, decided that's, that was our lifestyle that we wanted to lead. And because it's child-led, I said to my daughters, you have, let's do this until you get to be 10. And if you want to go to school, if that's how you want to learn, you're welcome to do that. They decided not to do that. So it's really up to the children at some point to decide that. But the sense of community is really important for all homeschoolers because, you know, we want to make sure that the kids are involved in a lot of the same activities that school kids would be. So there's definitely my girls were in music academies, they played sports, they volunteered at the local museum, and they joined other homeschool groups. In fact, I started a couple of them in Illinois, just so the kids could get together for fun events too, you know, arts and things like that. So, For a first-time novelist, Carpe Diem, Illinois, has received some impressive recognition. Will you share a little bit about one of the awards your book has received? Certainly. The, the one I'm most proud of is the Chicago Writers Association Book of the Year Award in 2014 for non-traditionally published fiction. I'm most proud of that because I'm actually on the board of, the, of Chicago Writers Association, and I was pretty new to the organization back then, although I was on the board then too. And I was just really surprised that they would pick that. I mean, I, you know, I sent it in just to support the organization. And then when I was, it was honorable mention, I was just, you know, dancing around the room. And then when it won, I just, I couldn't believe it. And they have, every year they have a great ceremony event down at the bookseller in Lincoln Square down in Chicago, which was wonderful. And we got to read from our books and get to sell more books also, but, you know, just talk about them. So I think that, that, that was, and that was the first award that it won. And as a self-publisher, you know, you don't get a lot, a lot of that acknowledgement. Um, people wonder if you're a good writer. So when you get that award, it just proves that you are. And I think that, you know, that's the most memorable one for me. Absolutely. And congratulations on that. So you said that you have homeschooled your own children, but Leo's a reporter. Have you been an investigative journalist as well? No, I have not. So I used, uh, I've written throughout my life and I wrote editorial column for a small paper in Illinois for several years, but nothing along the lines of reporting. So after I had written about the second draft, I gave it to the um, president of Chicago Writers Association, who is, was a journalist for many, many years, and then two other people that I knew that were journalists and had them 
really look it over for me, give me some more feedback, the feel of the newsroom, that kind of thing. So I did some research on Leo through them and had a lot of help with them, which I'm really grateful for. Is there a message in Carpe Diem, Illinois, that you would like your readers to remember? I'm not big on messages, although I tackle these big issues, and I, I guess, so I guess there's a little bit of that there. What I really just want is for people to broaden their knowledge of things, to, to be open to new ideas, in, in this book in particular, about unschooling, and, and to maybe consider that. And then, you know, the message with Leo is just, you know, the struggle that we all have and how, how do we do the right thing and what is the right thing? And if it's right just for me, is it right for everybody? That whole struggle with how we get along in the world, not a message so much, it's just kind of the journey that we take that I think is kind of interesting in the, in the books, in, his, in this series with Leo and to see how he gets through these different situations as he's investigating the big issues. Will you please read for our listeners a short excerpt from Carpe Diem, Illinois? I would love to. Thank you for asking. I'm going to read from the second chapter. Just this is when we first get to meet Leo. Leo Townsend rubbed the scar on his bristled jaw and wondered what the hell he was going to say. If he played it cool and answered the questions directly, maybe, just maybe, the prosecutor wouldn't ask for his source. He shirked off his leather bomber jacket and rolled up the sleeves of his white button-down shirt. What he wanted, what he needed, was to redeem himself. The last couple of months, he had been lazy, careless, and way too drunk. If he uncovered an injustice and wrote a great exclusive, the story of the century, then maybe all of his personal and professional transgressions would be forgotten. Otherwise, his life would be meaningless backwash in the bottom of yet another empty beer bottle. He reached for his tie, but decided against loosening it, even though the knot at his throat felt like a noose. A loose tie would be taking the casual look too far. He took a deep breath and willed his shaky hand to push open the heavy wooden courtroom door. He managed to move his feet forward, step inside. The sight of the crowd stopped him. The closing door bumped his back, pushing him further into the federal grand jury room. Leo scanned the chamber. To his right, 20 or so jurors sat in three-tiered rows, murmuring to each other they hadn't noticed his entrance. Directly in front of him was a large conference table. At the far end, a court reporter sat adjusting the tape in her machine. Another woman stood shuffling papers behind a small podium in the middle of the table. She wore a charcoal gray suit and a scowl a pit bull would envy. She had to be the assistant United States attorney, the federal prosecutor. With a grand jury indictment and potential subsequent trial and conviction, the stakes were high. The prosecutor would demand the name of Leo's source, but he couldn't, he wouldn't give that name. Keeping quiet was his only chance to save his job and any remaining dignity, but keeping quiet might land him in jail. Hmm. So tell me, Kristen, where can we learn more about you, about your other books, and where can we purchase Carpe Diem, Illinois? Well, you can find me on kristenoakley.net, and you can purchase my books through my publisher, Little Creek Press, or on my website or other online sources. And will you spell out your name for your web address, please? K-R-I-S-T-I-N-O-A-K-L-E-Y dot net. 
Kristen, it's been a delight to talk with you today. Here's where I get to admit that I have read Carpe Diem, Illinois, and I fell in love with the story and with Leo. I am hooked on your writing, and I can't wait to read the next one. And I'm also sure that you captured the the attention of a lot of our listeners as well. When you publish your next book, will you come back and chat with us again about Leo? I certainly will, Linda. Thank you so much for having me here. It was just a joy to be here. Small towns like Carpe Diem, Illinois, have a way of sucking you in if you allow it. But don't think for a minute it's all roses and rainbows. Accidents that could be murder, crooked politicians, and people sucked in by the dogma abound. In the current political climate of not only this country, but across the world, is it any wonder that animosity has become the norm? Pick up a copy of Carpe Diem, Illinois, and begin enjoying a truly fascinating story. And I thank you for listening. Please visit theauthorshow.com to listen to other featured authors. These interviews are available to book buyers worldwide, on demand, every day, 24-7. And for those who like audiobooks, please check out our audio bookstore at theaudiobookmarket.com. If you have written a book and would like to be a guest on the show, visit theauthorshow.com, complete the interview request form, and we will contact you shortly thereafter. The Author Show is a great way to market your book by getting in front of your target audience with a high-quality interview that will make a real impact. Please visit us again as we continue to bring you great books and really interesting authors on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.